This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Friday show here on Kelly and Ramia, Grant and myself co-hosting with you, and we have a lovely time checking in with our friends and contributors on our Friday shows, Grant. We do, and one of the best parts about the Friday show opening up uh, weekend here for us is to chat all things audiobooks on the Chatty Bookshelf with Ryan Huey. An entire library could fit inside your pocket. I'm Ryan Huey. This is the Chatty Bookshelf, where we talk audiobook trends, news, and author interviews. Great to have you with us today, Ryan. Happy Friday. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. You guys are always so kind when you uh, when you introduce me. I feel like I always have big shoes to fill when you guys <laughs> say nice things about me. Well, they're your own shoes, right? So it shouldn't be that hard. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, and it's... Cool too, because it's one. Of, it's the way we kind of end our Friday show, you know. So I think people associate, and it's audiobooks anyway. So it's kind of like weekend leisure fun. So you've got a good head start here for this segment. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, guys. I wanted to touch base and uh, kind of this was interesting to me. I found this online, and I don't know if you guys will find this interesting, but Goodreads, uh, which is obviously very similar to Facebook, but for book lovers did a survey and they sent it out to just around 2 million people and it found that only 37% of them read eBooks on their smartphone. And that to me seemed low. So 37% is about 740,000 people of of 2 million. So where are they reading them? Like I, and it brings up other options, right? So you have your old school pages, you got your, your hardcovers, your, your soft cover books, you got Kindles and tablets, but I thought, you know, you all, who leaves home without their smartphone, whether it's Android, yeah. whether it's uh, iPhone. I'm just like, I found this really interesting that I found that really low. I thought it'd be more in like the 85% range, but I guess it's it's lower than I thought. Yeah, I just find this really interesting because it occurs to me that sometimes in the vision loss community, I feel like we are more ahead of sighted people when it comes to technology. Like mm. we have been reading audiobooks for not quite almost a century really and mm-hmm. they're they're finally becoming more popular same thing with the smartphone when i got my smartphone it's like this is amazing i don't need anything else i can put all my audiobooks even my ebooks on here read them there but i i don't know what you think Remy. i feel like i think people are still kind of catching up and of course the the screen size affects uh it too but uh, yeah. no reason you shouldn't be able to read oh, i hadn't considered that. that you're right yeah that was yeah, the first I thing I thought of, that. screen size, because people who are, you know, have a tablet or an iPad or I guess a laptop, but really so much more portable options, but still give you that screen size, I think does affect your comfort in ebook reading. Just comfort, like coziness, right? Like you're not mm-hmm. necessarily, it's kind of like saying, um, setting the the tone, setting the vibe for the reading. And I think reading digital books, it's still not the same. It's not a parallel experience to flipping through pages or, you know, Grant, you and I talk about like Braille versus audiobooks versus eBooks, right? Like it's not full of reading, but in terms of just uh, comfort or, you know, what reading means to you, 
it all these little things probably make big differences in the factors. And I think that's more of my ignorance too. Like it's been a long time since I've looked at a screen and sure. actually saw something on it, right? So I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I don't care. Like my smartphone, like that's where I'm gonna listen to Siri or yeah. right, yeah. And now I'm I'm kind of reconsidering, like, okay, maybe is that low or is that kind of on par? Like it just it, again just seems so shocking to me because if you went around and asked 25 people if they have a cell phone, I bet 24 of them would say yes and right there in their pocket, right? Uh, maybe even more. So I I don't. It's just really that was it was interesting to me and like what a stat, right? I did I didn't realize that the numbers would would say that. And I thought it was an interesting question too, as well. Like, I mean, in today, like, like Grant said, there's been around for ebooks have been around for many years now. And now all of a sudden we're like, Hey, I wonder how many people read these on their smartphone. No. And it's funny, just some of the barriers that cited people encounter too. Like, for example, I've been with people, you know, you go on a trip, they have their e-reader, their Kindle, whatever. And suddenly it's like, wait a minute, like, I don't really want to bring this to the beach, whatever, you know, because it could get stolen, it could get whatever damage. Mm -hmm. Now, what do I do? Like, now I don't have books to read. So it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to sort of think about the fact that like, everybody has barriers. Yeah, that is quite fair. And and people will say too, like I'm going on all inclusive. I'm gonna pick up actual books, or you know, some when you're gifting, would you rather gift a physical book than an ebook or an audiobook? That kind of thing, right? Well, hey guys, if you're traveling now that we have all this stuff in airports, where uh -huh. you can download this and that, make sure whatever <laughs> device you're you're about to read on has an internet connection or has Wi-Fi capabilities, so you can get that internet connection, so you can get all those freebies because. Uh, I can't wait to go to yeah. one of those airports and, and figure out how to, how to use these machines. So I hinted at the gifting, Ryan. Gift, gift, gift. Yes. <laughs> so we're at that time of year uh, where everybody, whether it's the New Yorker, whether it's Kirkus Reviews, uh, Goodreads, uh, New York Times, they're all putting out their best of. And I like what the New York Times did here because they split them into genres, which not a lot of others do. And I bet you if you went into you know any of the offices for any of the publishing companies, they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're arguing in March whether or not this is going to be the book of, you know, is this our top 10, is this that? But I wanted to highlight three that have popped up on four lists that I've seen so far, and I spend way too much time looking at these lists, so, you know, feel free to make fun of me a little bit, guys, but I've seen these on multiple lists, and I was like, there has to be something about these books, and I looked on Audible, and the reviews, I think it's like 80% of them were five stars. So, I mean, you're, you're talking pretty good. So if you're looking for a gift for the book lover in your life, I think this is a good place to start. And there's a little bit of different genres here. Uh, and it's, it's interesting to me because uh, there's all these books and all these choices. And I never really gave books as a gift. But now I'm like, wow, this might be the simplest way to here's a credit or here's the actual hardcover or here's, you know, the the Kindle or, or what have you kind of thing. And I'm looking even into it for Abby, my little one, because there's all these subscriptions out there for little kids to do stuff. But the first one I have here is called The Bee Sting. And it's by an author called Paul Murray. This is what we like to call a faction book. So it is a fictional story. However, the facts are 100% true. So it follows an Irish family who was very wealthy. And then in the economic downturn of 2008, they actually went through some really hard times and lost a lot of their money. And now they had to sort of 
live on the poorer side of things or the not so wealthy side of things and it follows them in depth into a lot of the problems that they were calling rich people problems as opposed to oh my goodness where am i going to eat or where am i going to sleep tonight so it's kind of a different parallel which uh, i've started listening to this i'm only about 15 minutes in but i love the first chapter so far uh and what's great is this is We'll call it a full cast, but there's four narrators. Uh, and so far, you hear all four of them in the first 15 minutes, and they're fantastic. One person, I don't know if they're Irish or not, but if they're not, they do a very convincing Irish accent. Uh, and this wow. is available in in audio, in ebook, and in your traditional uh, print copies as well. And it, it touches oh. on some, you know, some of the funnier things. It touches on some of the more difficult things. So it does it in terms of, one chapter might be a little bit more funny, but then you get that serious side too. And that's kind of what I like. All right, man. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the other titles uh, that sure. Throw out. The second one is The Best Minds by Jonathan Rosen. And this is flying off shelves. It is a self-help book or an advocacy book for yourself. Uh, and there's so many good things in here. Uh, he is a... I'm going to get this wrong. I don't know if it's a psychiatrist or a psychologist, one or the other. And he wrote this and he actually narrates it, which is great. I love the author-rater sort of vibe of this. Um, and it's sort of in his own words says, here's how you can figure out how you have that trip to hell and back and get there and and make your way through it. Uh, it's, it's really kind of a, a tough listen because it helps you actually answer those tough questions. So it makes you think, right? And if um, there's some parts that people are saying are, hard to get through only because it makes them realize oh this is what i do or this is my downfall mm. or this is my big thing that i need to work on and if we're talking about new year's resolutions coming up maybe this is a good uh, starting place for, <laughs> for people oh, yeah. um, I, and i know that's the dreaded kind of thing but again available in all three formats you've got your print your old school get your ebook uh and then you also have your audiobook but if you're going to buy the print copy make room on yourself because it's about 600 pages so it's a hefty book Whoa. Uh, so you might want to, yeah, it's, it's a big, so, I mean, a big one. It, it is a, like literally a big one because of the, how long it is. <laughs> but but yeah. uh, I mean, picking up stuff around this time, like more serious things, Ryan, I'm always very skeptical. Like, am I going to get into this? Do I just want something comfortable and fun and light around the holiday season? And that is, of course, yeah. until January 1st. And then I'm ready to get into the, the uh, psyche, I guess. But this one's popular because of the author or because of the way that the subject is being um, uh, delved into? Good question. Um, I don't, I can't say that the author is famous, famous. Like you're not looking at a, you know, a, a really famous author. But I, I, so I don't know that it would be that. I think it's more of the way um, of the recommendations, the word of mouth, the reviews, the uh, you know, listen through and it's going to get you to think, right? I mean, I don't want to say there's not other books out there, but there's often times where you have these, we'll call them advocacy or self-help books, and yeah. they sort of just breeze through it and sort of only touch the tip of the iceberg. Whereas what I've seen and read about this one is that it dives deep into it and it makes you think like, hey, like, are you doing this? And how how can you here's suggestions. It's not just, you know, complaining about, oh, if you're doing this, mm. stop. It doesn't just say that. It's like, here's some helpful ways to, you know, get those small battles, get the, get the little victories and, and uh, celebrate those and make your way onto whatever it is you want, you want out of life or want in, in your own life. So I think that's kind of, it takes the hard pressed approach, but it does it in a soft, good natured, 
sort of uh, way that uh, is really, really heartfelt, right? Uh, it mm. almost makes you like feel like the author cares for you, I guess, in a way. Yeah. I, I certainly have some some mixed feelings. On the one hand, I feel like self-help books are incredibly necessary, especially for these days. Kind of a cool gateway if you're not really ready for you know therapy or just an, an interesting way of thinking about things differently. On the other hand, I don't know if I could give this as a gift somehow. I feel like this would be a situation <laughs> where maybe that credit would be more helpful as a gift. I don't know. I feel like if right. someone gave this to me, it'd be like, uh, uh what are you trying to and say? Then just drop a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, maybe you may be right. It would take a special, a special friend or a special kind of relationship to have that. Yeah. But uh, just uh, like I said, I saw it on four different lists. So, and it's got to be there for a reason, right? And I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, who who's buying it or or what their what their plans are with it? But it's it just seemed like Ramya said it stuck out to me like a sore thumb because I'm of the same mindset. I want mm. something happy. I want something adventurous, like a thriller or a, yeah. or something else, or maybe a memoir. But this is completely different, and it's making all of these lists, uh, not just one or two. So I, I thought that, huh, this is this is an interesting one. So I'll bring it up. There, there must be something about it, right? But there, it is a story, by the way. Like it is based on his life and based on the the friendship little, that he had. Yes. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it, or at least like that's the um, thread, I guess. So you are getting a bit of that in it as well. The, the storytelling, yeah. maybe that's and maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe that's, a, maybe maybe that's, that's why piece, people right? want to hear it this yeah. way because it is interesting. We don't have too much time to dive into this right now, but it is interesting how this kind of genre prevails and it's not all just like textbook psychology. Like we're talking about making it pop culture, right? So that's a kind yeah. of a fine balance. Ryan, one more. Yeah. Yes. The Chain Gang All-Stars by Nana Quaim, and I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong, but this is a dystopian take on the American prison system. So it follows two women who are in prison, and it sort of follows them. And like, what, how do you change when you're faced up against the wall and you have to you, you have to be mean or you have to do something you don't want to do? Um, it, it covers all kinds of different things about um, you know racism and discrimination and advocacy and violence but it, what is really great is that it's a dual narration and both narrators have different accents so they're following the two one plays one woman and the other plays the other main character and they they do a fantastic job i've only listened to the preview but you get to hear both of them and i like that it's almost written in the form of a play rather than okay ramia you'll do um chapter one ryan will do chapter two sort of thing and it does do that a bit but there's also that mix in of okay, you did your paragraph, now I'm speaking as the other character and I'm doing my paragraph, which is really kind of cool. And I think the thing is that, you know, a lot of people, it's obviously a fictional story, but I think what people are seeing is that it's actually based on some of the reviews and some of the people that are in the industry. It's actually not that far-fetched that something could come like this within the prison because it is a little bit of dystopian a little bit of you know hey we're gonna mix this and you know as i say before sometimes it's the craziest ideas that do the best whether it's in bookland video game world or, or something like that movie world but the, people are loving this one it is going wild and it's on yeah. sale right now guys on audible yeah, I think it's so interesting to get some insight into, into the prison system because the most outlandish things, even even if it's fictional, like you said, the most outlandish things that you're like, oh, this could never happen. No, it actually does happen. Uh, and really, for, really, let's say normal people, or you know, like exactly, that, right? Exactly. Yeah. What do you What do you do? And that's what I kind of like yeah. about this one. 
Uh, listen, it's always great to have you on, man. We are out of time, but we will chat with you next week. Have a great weekend, guys, and we'll talk soon. You too. Ryan Huey joins us every Friday to talk all things audiobooks on the Chatty Bookshelf. You and weigh in on conversations that we've had in the past week because so many gems of information comes out. So we have cut for time after the break. Myself, Grant Hardy, and Jeff Ryman will be with you to recap. We'll be right back. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.